Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach David Bartke here. Today is Sunday, February 25th, 2018, our weekend daily dose of happy. And uh, David, it's uh, it's wet, wet and rainy, and uh, it's the kind of day where people would say, well, I think I'll just stay in and hunker down and... We're going to go out and look at open houses. We're going to meet, meet a new friends. So we're we're ignoring the weather today, today entirely. How about you? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, like it's funny that you mentioned that because um, I've been doing these uh, daily law of attraction quotes that I've been sending out to people that sign up for it. Oh, nice. And I thought, oh, it's it's raining out today, and usually people when it's rained are like, oh, it's raining. It's like they're raining, going into this like low vibration thing because it's raining. So I purposely put in my quote today that that thought to i'm so thankful i get to experience a rainy day <laughs> very nice Cause, yeah and even with like man a lot of times go, oh, it's monday like tomorrow's monday oh god get back to the grind blah, 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 blah. so no like switch that i'm so thankful tomorrow's monday i'm so th- like i don't know that's just what I do, because it just re- it just reminds me, like you know what, I am thankful that I'm still here and that I get to experience a rainy day. You know, that's a good attitude. That's the kind of attitude yeah. that no matter what, how it works out, you're appreciating the good part of it because there there is a good side to a rainy day. I mean, certainly the plants love it; they need it. <laughs> the plants do need it. Yes, they yes do. they do. The they need it a lot. The little critters that need the water. And we need it later on, too, because as we're approaching spring, we need that water because it greens things up, makes everything so beautiful when we're outside. But that's kind of interesting, though, how, like, there's sometimes there's this, like, mass (laughs) consciousness about certain things. And it's like, wait a minute. It's okay that it's a rainy day. It's okay there's a snowstorm. Yeah. Whatever it is. Like, I'm thankful I get to experience that. I'm still here, you know. Unfortunately, not, not everybody woke up this morning that gets to experience this wonderful day but i do so i'm thankful for that that is very true it is completely true so good stuff so there there. yeah that's right (laughs) take that all you low vibration people who put down the rain (laughs) well here's another thing for all those low vibration people we exceeded our 25,000th play 25,000 plays since we started measuring in november 2016 so in the course of, what is it, like uh, 14 months, 25,000 plays. And Fantastic. I'm looking forward to the day when we have 25,000 plays in a day. <laughs> yes. Well, I, that's congratulations to you because even even though we all participate with you, you're really the one who's promoting it and doing everything. So thank you, Walt. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I can't take all the credit because none of this happened until I brought all you guys on board. So, well, you know, that it, it, it's a team effort, and that's the way I see it. It's completely a team yeah. effort. So what, uh, what other wins do you remember that you had this past week? Oh, it's been... People have told me they like, they like when we share our wins. So. It's, it's been quite a week. I mean, uh, I, I think probably the biggest part is that we're now among the co-hosts doing three Abraham books. You and I, of course, are doing The Astonishing Power <laughs> of Emotions. Uh, Wendy Dillard and I are doing The Law of Attraction. And then this past week, Cindy and I started doing money in the law of attraction. So I'm being Ooh. Abraham to death here. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. It's good. I'm, and I'm getting an in-depth education doing this. I mean, I, I, I understood most of the concepts pretty well before, but 
this really in-depth study is really taking me to places oh, I had sure. not experienced before. So, yeah, this is good. This is all very, very good stuff. And uh, yeah, this will also, yeah, it. this is going to make a nice difference within yourself as well because you're reading all these wonderful, all this wonderful information. So, not to mention the impact it's going well. to have on the on the podcast. I was serious when I said we're going to get to twenty five thousand plays a day, and that's going to happen. It's happening yeah. because of what we're doing here. It's, it's happening because yeah. of the emphasis, because of all this intense study, because we are all focusing in such a positive way on it. I have to tell you, all five of you guys who are my co-hosts. All of you have been telling me this show is going to just take off. It's going to be huge. And every one of you actually believed it more than I did. So I have to thank you guys because your belief is helping to make this happen. Seriously, it, it, your belief is helping to make this happen in a big way. And your participation, I mean, the, the stuff that you guys contribute on those shows is great. So when I say my daily dose of happy and your daily dose of happy, it really is for me and the impact that it's having on listeners is also huge on learning. For instance, this past Thursday, Louise and I mm-hmm. met one of our fans, somebody who's been listening since oh. about the time you came on board. Um, his name is right. Dave. He's a real nice guy. He's a real estate agent uh, in his, uh, I'd say, mid-30s or thereabout. And mm-hmm. just a really positive, upbeat guy who who we had a great conversation with him and it was just great, you know, talking to somebody who is a regular listener. And you could just tell from everything he said how much he loves listening to what all of us say and and, and the byplay. He, he loves the fact that we will read from the books and then we'll discuss it. And it's all very yeah. positive and upbeat. Yeah. He loves that. He thinks that's great. So, and we're meeting another one today. Um, you may remember that Tom and I started doing the Tuesday night podcast two weeks ago. And mm-hmm. we wanted to do do it to give people a chance who wanted to call in but couldn't during the week right. uh, yeah. a, 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 cha- a time and a chance when they could do it. Well, our first caller that first night was a woman named Lucy who had also contacted mm-hmm. me through the Facebook because she also lives in my area. And Louise oh, and I right, are meeting her this afternoon about two hours after we finished the show. So this is good stuff. Fantastic. And yeah. I, I actually just started um, – a law of attraction meetup group for people in my area. So very nice. Um, if there's anybody <laughs> that lives in northern New Jersey or in New Jersey, you don't mind driving here. Uh, if you look up the Ex- Essex County Law of Attraction meetup, I'm actually going to have uh, March 11th, which, which is a Sunday at um, in the afternoon. We're going to have our first law of attraction meetup. So. Um, I did it about a year ago uh, for a while, and it was great. So I thought, you know, I miss doing that. So I started it again. Um, and that's great because it does attract, obviously, people in my area that are into the law of attraction. And it was great. We, we, you know, we all talked about the different Abraham ideas and people's own ideas, and it was just really great to me, like, you know, like-minded people in that way. So Essex County, that means you're actually close enough that if people from New York City wanted to come, they could come. That's not all that far. They could, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, I started thinking, gee, maybe I shouldn't have called it Essex County because it sounds so like I'm cutting off people. But if anyone could come, if they don't mind, you know, the drive, wherever they're coming from. Like if if you're coming from Manhattan, how long does it take to get to Essex? Well, with no traffic, probably about 50 minutes. Okay. And, yeah. and what, when are you doing the meetings? Actually, on a Sunday... 
on a Sunday afternoon, that probably would be the case because there's typically very little traffic on a Sunday. And you're doing That's it on Sundays. You're, you're doing your meetings yeah, on Sundays. March 11th. Okay. Okay. March 11th. March 11th is the first one. So anyone who's lives in New York around. could make that trip if they really wanted to. Yeah. So if anyone's listening and you feel like coming, please join. You know, if you don't know how to find it, you can just contact me, and I will let you know. How do they reach you? Uh, well, through my website, uh, lifecoachdavid.com. That's the easiest way. There's a okay. email thing there, how to contact me. Sounds good. Um, but I had a kind of a fun one I want to tell you about, okay. which is very kind of law of attraction. And, you know, it's, it's a simple thing, but still, it's still interesting. So I had um, this old ottoman in a room in my house, and I wanted to replace it because it didn't go so much with the room. The room has kind of like a vintage look, like a shabby chic. I kind of call it my grandma room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, some, you know, I like going in there. It makes me feel comfortable. And so anyway, so I started going to all these uh, upholstery stores in my area. And I even had a picture of one that I liked. But that one was like $1,500. And I thought, I don't want to spend the $1,500 on the ottoman. Mm. So they said, oh, no, we could recover yours for like five, 600 Oh. So I was looking through all these. I was looking through all these material books, and I, mean, I went to a few places, and I got samples, and nothing really like looked like I wanted it. I thought this is like too hard. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So I was just like, universe, I just want this to be easy. This is, I want this to be easy and fun, and that's not how it feels right now. So I just kind of okay. let go of it. I stopped going to the upholstery stores because I just wasn't finding what I was looking for. And then just a few days later, a thought floated through my mind. And this has happened to me before, but other things too, like, you know, not that an ottoman is so important, but whatever. And I just, it just, I got this thought, go online, find a vintage chenille blanket, and that will be the look you want and have them use that as the material. So I thought to myself, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So I did. I went online and probably like the third one I saw was perfect. Like the colors and the look of it. And I thought, wow, it was only like $40. Nice. So I purchased, yeah, I purchased it and I got it. And I thought, oh my God, this is the perfect look for the room. It's going to be great. And I took the ottoman and the uh, bedspread to the, uh, to the upholsterer. And he said, oh, I could do like a, a really nice slip cover. I put the pattern you like from the blanket and cut it perfectly for $100. Ooh. So, yeah, so I just, after I left, I'm like, wow, what what a win. Because, first of all, <laughs> $100 is certainly much better than Thousands. 600 or 1500 Yeah, right. It's the, exact, it's the exact look that this room, that's perfect for this room. And it's kind of vintage because the, the material is vintage. And it's going to be perfect. And I thought, what a nice win. Like, I just let go of of trying to control it, kind of. And look what happened. It just happened. Yeah, that's right? nice. But, yeah, so that's kind of a very law of attraction win. And that, like I said, I've done that with other, you know, more important things as well, where you kind of just stop trying so hard and you just allow and let go. And then suddenly, whatever it is, you get a great idea to make it happen, and then it all works out. By the way, I was um, 
<clears throat> I mentioned that I was editing the book this week, and one of the stories I was looking at yeah. was yours, which didn't need a whole lot of work, by the way. Um, but uh, I, I got to relive your story, and I won't uh, tell people on the air. They're going to have to wait for the book to come out. But uh, it was the exact same kind of thing in the sense that you made it easy. You you, you start off with That's, a, a hard approach. You're right. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Where I was making it like I was, <laughs> I was making it all hard, and you're right. People will understand that when they read it. When they read right, it, yeah. Very similar, right? Where I just kind of like let go of trying so hard, and right. it just happened. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, it was a pivoting point in the in the story. It was really good. Uh, and by the way, I want to remind people: anyone who wants to get a free copy of the ebook, there will be for a very limited time. We'll let you know when. Probably going to be just a few days it'll be available, uh, a limited time when you can get a free copy of it. So keep listening because Ooh, we're going great. to, we're going to announce on the show how to do that. So you want to make sure you're a listener and, and if you haven't uh, subscribed, make sure you subscribe. In fact, all the details for both subscribing and for sharing are right on the homepage, as is the player for listening to the, to the podcast live when we're doing our podcast broadcasts. So you want, you'll find all of them there, LOAToday.net. And uh, you know, make sure you take advantage and, and stay tuned because it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. So you're make, you're also making it very easy for people. I am making it easy <laughs> to listen to us and your other podcasts. Absolutely, everything is easy. We're, we're all about easy. <laughs> and I, w- I would say the other win that stuck out from my week is you know, I can't share them because they're not they're like private. But several of my clients had like really major wins. Nice. Like things they wanted to manifest and such. And I was just like, wow, that is, even though it's not my personal win, it, I'm still considering it a win because they were using what they learned from coaching and such. So I thought that is so wonderful. So that's, I'm going to count that as a win for me as well. And I think I mentioned this once before, but it's been a while, so I'll mention it again. Um, the authors of this book that we're doing are the co-author, the co-hosts of the, of the show. Um, you, right. Joel, Tom, Cindy, and Wendy, and myself, um, as well as other law of attraction coaches and life coaches, and a few other people who are just you know major practitioners without actually being a coach. And the ones that are by you guys, by my co-hosts, are phenomenal stories. I just finished um, editing Joel's story, which he had actually told once uh. on the podcast about, oh, I'd say like a year and a quarter ago. And right. just just a blow your mind kind of a story. And after I was done editing it and and reread it again, I, I was blown away all over again. This is a story that again I won't tell you the details. It is from yeah, his practice, yeah. but all the names have been changed, all the details have been changed, so that uh, the, the privacy of the person involved um, is maintained. But it's a story about a kid. And this kid, when you read the story, David, it's going to absolutely blow your mind. You're, you're going to be Whoa. stunned by what this little kid did. Just stunned. That's all I'll tell you. Sorry, you're gonna to have to wait to get the book. But <laughs> well, well I, I can't wait to read all the stories because they're just so affirming in how law of attract, how powerful law of attraction is. Oh, it's yeah. and how powerful the perspective is. That that's the big yeah. thing that I've been learning from Abraham. How important perspective is. In fact, I've learned it from all of you guys because each one of you has a different perspective, and they're all good perspectives. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you mean by that? By perspective. Yeah. Well, perspective is the the point of view that you have when or that anyone has when they experience or look at what goes on in their lives 
And more, mm-hmm. more importantly, it's the position that they take from that perspective. The perspective is, in my mind, is, is completely tied up with whether or not they decide to look at the horrible stuff going on or the wonderful stuff yeah. going on. The perspective. Oh, so you're saying it's a choice. It's always a choice. Well, the perspective is always a choice, is. right? Yeah. yeah. That's well. That's what Abraham's been teaching me, and that perspective is incredibly powerful, because not only does it change the way we look at what happens in our lives, it changes what happens in our lives. Mm, absolutely. Yes. It actually yes. physically affects events. And I, I was struck by that when I uh, just yesterday I was looking online at a YouTube video, or actually I guess it was an audio with uh, superimposed images of uh, an Abraham workshop. And underneath the video, there were, you know how every once in a while you get the naysayers who leave comments and debunk and oh, all that kind God. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this yeah. one guy had gone on and on. He had left like four or five different comments. I think his name was Stephen. And Stephen had left all these long-worded comments and, you know, basically um, trashing the people who were believing this, saying, oh, you're you're delusional, you're, you're schizophrenic, and all this other stuff. It's going on and on and on and on and on. So I'm looking at the stuff, and I actually responded to each of them in a way of saying, you know, well, okay, you're saying that um, we are resistant to something, but you're not saying what we're resistant to. What are we resistant to? And then another one, you know, I was like asking questions about this thing to get him to be right. more specific instead of just ranting. And, of course, he didn't. You know, he, the one time he replied, he said something like, I want you to listen to this closely, and then he went on another rant. Didn't have anything to say about the question I had raised, you know. So so yeah, it was clear he was, he was yeah. off in his own little world. But I was thinking to myself, what a difference between where he's at and where I'm at. Because there was a time... Yeah. When I was in that place, there was a time when I was in the same place that he is. And it's a place where, you know, the world is logical. You have to understand that the world is logical and you have to understand the world as it is. You can't change the world. The world is what it is. So you have to, you know, come make peace with it and come to terms with it and just, you know, be willing to admit that, you know, sometimes bad stuff's going to happen to you. In fact, uh, the world is, is a pretty messed up place. And you have to be willing to accept that too. And in fact, you know, most of the the religions of the world are screwing everybody up, and the uh, spiritualists are screwing everybody up. And in fact, this is a really terrible place. I used to be in that place. That's exactly where I was. And I was really grateful to discover just how far away I've moved from that position. Yeah. <laughs> I have to yeah. tell you. Yeah. But by contrast, I appreciated what he posted simply because I'm not him anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, which is a wonderful realization. Oh, right? yeah. And and it's not like I I don't have more to go. I still do have more to go. I still have more to learn. But I have learned a ton. And I have a lot to thank from you guys. So thank you. Thank you for the help you've given me. Yes, yes. So, yeah, it's interesting how he felt he had to verbalize all that. But. Yeah, it's like I don't know what he thought he was there for. <laughs> Why was he even watching it in the first place? That's the part I couldn't quite figure out. But he had he had like some sort of a mission to straighten us out or something. I'm not sure exactly what. <laughs> <laughs> well, what yeah, I, did, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what I did want to say to him. It, I, I knew I couldn't do it in this form because he would never listen, you know, on the comment section. Mm-hmm. But if I was sitting across mm-hmm. from him, what I'd want to say to him is forget about law of attraction for a moment. Forget about Abraham. Right. Forget about all that stuff. Let me just ask you one thing. Are you familiar with quantum physics? 
yes or no? Probably yes would be would be my guess. Okay, great. You're familiar as well as I am that in quantum physics, both electrons and protons and even neutrons can be in two places at the same time. And if he's not uh, familiar with that, then it's an, an eye opener. And if he is a fam- if he is familiar with it, then he says, "Yeah, sure." And my response to him right. at that point is, "How can that be?" <laughs> <laughs> How can that be? How can something be in two places at the same time? That's illogical. And just see what he had to say. <laughs> because it's like Niels Bohr said, or at least Niels Bohr has been attributed to, to saying, if you think that you understand... No, actually, it wasn't Niels Bohr. It was actually this other guy, Feynman, Michael Feynman, who was uh, another quantum physicist from around the same time period. Um maybe a little bit later, uh, Feynman said something like, if you believe that you understand quantum physics, then you do not understand quantum physics. And what he meant by that was mm-hmm. people who try to claim that they have figured out what all these inherent contradictions mean and who claim they figured that out are people who really have not come to grips with the fact that the contradictions are there and that they are basically overwhelming, that they are contradictions mm-hmm. that that destroy the fabric of everything that science before quantum physics thought it knew. And until you're willing to come to grips with that fact, you still don't get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, if that's mm-hmm. true of science, then how does anyone decide that everything in the world is logical and rational and fits in a very certain way? Because clearly, here's an example of something that doesn't fit in a certain way. It's in two places <laughs> at the same time. That's not possible. And yet it is. Mm-hmm. Now, would that actually change his mind? Probably not, but that's not my point. My point is to stop him in his tracks and say, you know, there is something that you're overlooking here. (laughs) (laughs) I know sometimes certain people, if they have an axe to grind about something, they just, oh, yeah. They'd rather, they'd rather feel they're right than. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Then, yeah. Yeah. Again, I know that one real well. I was that. (laughs) I was that same person. (laughs) I understand that. Not you. Oh, yeah, me. Oh, well, then if, you, if you were that person, then what started happening where you started getting different ideas? Well, the problem with that particular viewpoint is that once you come to the conclusion that he's come to, which is that the world is messed up, the world continues to mess up even more and more in your perspective, mm-hmm. perspective in your experience. And indeed, your world starts to mix up and mess up and get really, really messed up until mm-hmm. it finally reaches the point where you're practically screaming in pain with how messed up your world becomes. You you do that long enough, and you don't really care after a while how logical or rational the world is supposed to be. You kind of you don't care about that ever again, even, because that didn't serve you very well. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because if it doesn't serve you anymore, then, then it's useless to you. What good is it? I mean, yeah, you could claim that all you want, but if it doesn't help you, so what? <laughs> but what was do you, do you remember what your turning point was? Though, like, like if someone's listening, that is that way. Well, like, what was your turning point that made you realize? Oh, my turning point. Here. My turning point was when I realized I didn't want to live that way anymore, and mm. ended up having mm. a conversation with my wife. And my wife said to me, "Well, you know." This isn't something that's happening to you. You're doing it yourself. And I was totally Uh, taken aback because 
I actually gotten to the point. Now, I, I was a person who didn't believe in any kind of religion or anything like that. And I had gotten to the point where I felt like there was some malevolent force that was blocking me, that was thwarting right. me every step of the way. Because, I mean, it was literally lose, 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 lose. And when that happens often enough, you start to, you, you start to suspect, you know, uh, an unfriendly alliance against you. Well, that's where I was. That's what I was, I was feeling. She says, well, actually, you've been doing this to yourself. If it had been anybody yeah. but my wife, I probably would have started screaming at them. But it was my wife, and so I didn't start screaming at her. And I said, "Okay, well, I don't, I, I don't see that. What, what do you see?" Right. And and right. she explained to me and, and pointed out to me all the different ways that I expressed negativity about everything throughout the day, every wow. day, seven days a week, thirty days a month, three hundred sixty-five days a year, and I wow. was not aware of that. I was not aware that I was doing that. I actually thought I, I was fairly that. positive, believe it or not. I didn't think yeah. I was really positive, oh, I but, I, but, but I thought I was I somewhat positive. And it took yep. me a while to, to come to grips with it. I mean, I, I just didn't believe it at first. Even when she told yep. me that, I still didn't believe it. But I had to like pay attention to myself for a while and watch for a while and realize, you know what? She was right. That was, that was, uh, that was a sobering experience. To realize thank I had God become that negative. You were open enough. Yeah, thank God you were open enough to at least yeah. consider it. Just, just a spec. Because once you consider it, even just a spec, then you have that aha moment at some point. Well, well, that's why it's it's so important to to mention the fact that I felt really beaten down. I think I could honestly say I had reached a bottom point, and I, yeah. like I I couldn't take yeah. anymore. So I was willing to listen to almost anything at that point. No matter how crazy it might sound, just because <laughs> what was work, what I thought was working, wasn't working. <laughs> it yeah. was working against yeah, yeah. me. You know, I had all these evil yeah. demons coming after me, right? So I, I had to do something. <laughs> I had to do something. Yeah. And well, that's interesting what you said. Where you thought you were a positive person? Cause yeah. I, when I first start working with a potential client, I, you know, I, I've told you I, I give them like the free session. And there's many times where after that session, someone says to me, wow, I thought I was a positive person. Oh, yeah. And now I realize I wasn't as positive as I thought I was. And that's a great realization to have. It is. And from that point, you can start changing. Then, yeah, now you know what, what you have to work on. Now you know what yeah. changes you have to make, or at least you have some idea what the changes are. I can't say I really had an idea of what all the changes were. In fact, shortly after that, when I... Um, I had already been exposed to the law of attraction as a concept, and as I started to study right. more, um, I learned things like, well, you have these resistances you have to get rid of, and and that's where I started saying, well, what resistances? I don't know. I I, I don't right. know of any resistances. Right. How how do you how do you let go of a resistance that you don't know you have? Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. so that was like that's where the process started. I started reversing that that long stream of momentum I built up over the years. Yes, you know, yes. Trying to learn, trying to pay attention to where I was resistant. And every once in a while, you know, I'd have a conversation or an idea would occur or an experience would happen. And I'd say, oh, I wonder if that's one of those resistances. And so I'd, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd focus on it and decide I didn't want it and change my mindset about it and eventually release it. And then mm-hmm. later on, a few months later, there'd be another one that would pop up. And, and that this has been right. a continuous thing since then. Every once in a while, something new pops up, some new form of resistance that I didn't know I had. Yeah. And again, it's yeah. goes through the process and, and you know, release it. And then once you release it, then you set yourself up for the next time when the next resistance comes up. It, it seems like an end, endless process. And it seems like something that, God, is this ever going to end? 
But the good news is as you go through all that, your attitude improves. Your attitude improves Absolutely. substantially. Yes. You know? Yes. So, and good things start to happen too. So that's, you can actually, that's right. you, the, you the start to get the, uh, your new vibration. yeah, you start to get the feeling that maybe all this LOA stuff really does work. <laughs> no, seriously. I, yeah. I, I mean it literally yeah. that way because, I mean, even today, there are times I know this stuff. I, I talk about it on this podcast with you guys. I talk about it in a very affirmative way. And yet I still have my moments, many of them, where I doubt. Despite mm-hmm. doing this podcast, I still I mean, there's that there's still that logical rational mind back there saying no 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 that's not how all this is. And but I'm constantly the key is that. though for anybody is well once you realize you're having that, are you taking action to get yourself out of it? That's the key. And it, for and me, that's, saying, that's doing it too long. For me, I found that I, I've never been able to take continuous action. That may change. I'm I'm hoping it can change. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, it's been in in fits and starts. You know, right. so so I'll right. I'll reach a certain point, like okay, I got to make some progress here, and then I'll just kind of pour into it for like a bit, and then I'll I'll take a break, and then I'll pour into it a bit, you know, another week later or something like that. Yeah, or, yeah. It, it, it's taken me years to get to the point where I'm actually doing daily routine, where I have like mm-hmm. my my mirror exercise, which I've been doing for a week now. I started last That's Sunday, right. and yes. I've got my uh, my. Uh, Affirmation recording of Abraham that I play for myself every day, either in the morning or in the evening, one or the other, sometimes both. Good. Um, with Louise, good. we do our, our three good things that happen during the day. So I have a number of things now that I'm, that I'm doing regularly, but it's taken me years to get to the point where I could even allow myself to do it regularly. Up until then, it was right, in fits and peaks. Yeah. 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 Well, you do what you do what you have to do. You do it the way you, you throw yourself into it the best you can, and then you don't beat yourself up for it if you're smart because you didn't do it perfectly. Of course not. Yeah, you got to be easy with yourself with these things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which ties back to what you were talking about earlier, being easy, choosing the easy way. Now, now after last week's conversation, have you done any skipping through the park in this past week? It's kind of been hard, too. It's been wet. (laughs) Oh. Oh, well. I guess I guess that's a better question. More in the spring, probably. Probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you remember that, though. That's great. <laughs> no, I think that's great that you that you're confident enough to say I'm gonna have fun and do this. I don't care. Well, it's all about aligning your thoughts, and and actually, that's the next section that we're on in the book because we're finishing up yes. chapter five of the astonishing power of emotions. Let your feelings be your guide, by Esther and Jerry Hicks also known as the teachings of Abraham. And this section is called, It is All About Aligning Your Thoughts. So let's finish this chapter up. It says, So you have now read several times in the beginning pages of this book our words that you must allow yourself to keep up with that which you are becoming, if you are to live the joyful life that you have come forth to live. This important premise is not only the basis of this valuable book, but it is the foundation of your joyful life experience. We do not see many of you taking issue with the idea that when you do not have enough of something that you want, your desire to have it is even more amplified. And no one questions that once you have identified that you really want something, you would feel better in the having of it. But there is a very important distinction that we want you to understand that will help you mold your life into that which pleases you. This is a mental process, not an action process. It is about aligning your thoughts. It is not about taking action in order to achieve results. Wow, 
that's hard for people to to really get because they were used to learning and everyone says, oh, you have to take action. You have to take action. Well, you know what I've done with that one? I did this pretty early. I decided that focusing on a mental process was taking action, and that made me feel better. That's true. That is, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the way I've looked at it, and, and it has helped. Yeah. Because now I feel like I'm not yeah. just you know sitting by waiting for something to happen. I'm actually doing something. <laughs> yeah, but that, that concept, though, because we're all used to, you know, you have to work hard for this, or you have to take this action to make that happen. It's just a different way of, it's a different, what you were, what you told yourself is good, it's a different type of action. And the funny thing is, it is a kind of working hard. Because <laughs> I've been working hard at this. I've been, I've been really applying myself as much as I can to learn how to do all this stuff and how to yeah. understand all this stuff. So in that sense, it is hard work. It's actually pretty easy. I'm sitting in an armchair. I mean, how hard is that? But, <laughs> but they're talking about the more physical, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it says, when your life causes you to realize that you want more money, we are not suggesting that you get another job or change your activities in some way to get more money. When your life causes you to desire that you have 50 pounds more body weight than you desire, we are not suggesting that you go on a strict diet or begin intense exercise to reduce your weight. When you are unappreciated at work, we are not suggesting that you confront someone demanding more appreciation or that you quit your job and try to find another position where appreciation is offered more easily. Allowing yourself to become what life has caused you to desire is not about action. It is about the aligning of thought energies. It is about focusing your attention in the direction of your desire rather than looking back at the current conditions that have given birth to your desire. And while you may very well eventually become inspired to some action, it is the alignment of thought energy, a vibrational alignment that you are seeking. When you achieve vibrational alignment, any inspired action will feel wonderful. Without the vibrational alignment, any action will feel difficult. With the vibrational alignment, your every effort will yield wonderful results or return on your time. Without the vibrational alignment, the outcome of your effort will be disappointing, resulting in discouragement as you conclude, this just doesn't work for me. Hmm. Kind, of a, kind of a down note to end the chapter on, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But that's interesting, what vibrational alignment. So yeah. if someone listening, how would you describe if you are in vibrational alignment or not? Yeah, that's one that, that's where I wish they had a glossary for these for yes. these books. Because that <laughs> would be really helpful idea. to go yeah. look that up, you know. Vibrational I finally learned a vibrational alignment means we are all vibrational beings. We all vibrate. We're all vibrating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and in that vibration, we give off vibration. We give off vibration through our thoughts. We give our vibration through our actions, through our deeds, through the things that we pay attention to, and so on and so forth. So what is vibrational alignment? Well, it's alignment with our inner being. And the reason it's vibrational alignment is our inner being is, is like the non-physical side of ourselves. We have the physical side and the non-physical side, two different pieces of, of the same us. And that non-physical side of us is a side that um, also vibrates. Interestingly enough, it can vibrate differently from the physical self. So what is vibrational alignment? It's where the inner self and the physical self vibrate at the same rate and in the same way. Whereas, Which feels what? That would feel what? I'm, yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> which, oh, which, sorry. Which, <laughs> that's all right. Which is the desired state to be in because when you're in that yeah. vibrational alignment, it feels good. 
In fact, that becomes an understanding of what emotion is. Vibrational alignment is where your emotions feel good. You have all the happy and joyful and positive and optimistic and hopeful uh, type emotions. Whereas when you're not in alignment with your inner being, that's where you have all the bad emotions, depression, anger, hatred, you know, discouragement, whatever it might be. So the point is when you're in vibrational alignment, you have happy, positive emotions. When you're out of vibrational alignment, you have negative emotions. And that's actually good news because if you want to know whether you're in alignment or out of alignment, all you got to do is check your emotions. If your emotions are good, you're in alignment. You don't even have to work at it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good thing. Yes. Yes. So, moving on to Chapter 6, because we don't want to stop on a, on a sad note. No, chapter no, 6 no. is entitled, Vibrational Alignment Feels Like Relief. Aha, okay. there you go. I think we're actually going to get the same kind of description I just talked about, but let's see. <laughs> Probably. When we speak of vibrational alignment, we are referring to aligning the vibrations within your being only. It has nothing to do with anything that anyone else is doing. And this sometimes raises a question in those who hear us say that, because it seems to many people that the only problems they have are due to their interaction with other people. So doesn't something need to be done about those individuals? It is true you are interacting with others, and often that interaction is the source of your discomfort or problem. But asking them to be different is not the answer. Most of them are not willing to change for you anyway, and even when they are willing, they cannot consistently be what you need them to be in order for you to feel good. Boy, is that the truth. The answer to your feeling good is only in the alignment of the energy within you. As we have said yes. before, it is about you allowing yourself to keep up with what the larger part of you has become. That's, that's quite a concept right there. That, that, that's a little bit of a yes. you know, mind-bending kind of concept. For I have their example coming up. Yep. For example, let us say that you are having a perfectly nice day. Okay. I'm in favor of that. You have rested well, you have eaten well, and you are happily involved in a project that is pleasing to you. And then, someone you care about comes to you with a problem. Not only is there a problem, but the person also thinks that you should take some sort of action to solve the problem. This could be your mate, could be one of your children, an employee, a client, a friend, or perhaps even someone you do not know. That's the worst kind. <laughs> In this, in this example, let us say that one of your employees, whom you love and care about, is having an interpersonal relationship problem with another employee, whom you also care deeply about. As you listen to this person presenting his or her perspective on the situation, you begin to feel your happiness diminishing, your vitality diminishing, your clarity diminishing, and now you feel sad, tired, and confused. You listen politely, and your mind races to find solutions. You find yourself relating to what this person is telling you as you hear his or her description of the situation, and you begin to feel overwhelmed as you realize that you really do not have enough knowledge or time to gather enough information to make a rational decision about how to solve this problem. You want to gather the information, perhaps talk with others involved, in order to get a clear view of the situation, but as you take the action of more discussion and begin to make the suggestions for changes in policies or activities, you feel worse still. The more you listen and discuss, and the more people you talk with about the situation, the more powerless 
you feel as you realize that you cannot begin to unravel the situation and get to the bottom of it. And while you have the power to make sweeping decisions, in fact, if they were employees, you could fire them all and begin again with a fresh and willing new group. (laughs) Despite that, you can feel the futility of that action as well. While you usually are not aware of it at the time, a wonderful opportunity for expansion is occurring. Hmm. Because in the midst of this uncomfortable turmoil, you are giving birth to expanded rockets of desire. With every part of this situation in which you know what you do not want, a counter-rocket of desire is launched, and the broader, non-physical part of you has become a vibrational match to that expanded desire. And the discomfort that you are feeling right now, which seems like a response to what your employee is complaining about, is actually the discord between your current thought of what has gone wrong and the expanded desire that your inner being is newly embracing. Boy, is that a different concept from what we're used to. Mm. I mean, that's not even close to what most of us think, right? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, when was the last time anyone went into a a meeting in a company (laughs) and said, you know what, my inner being and I are not in agreement about this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that would be amazing. Of course, people will be looking at you like you're nuts, but... (laughs) Yeah, have you seen the psychiatrist for the company yet? <laughs> like, the net would drop and you'd be carried away. <laughs> They're coming to take me away. <laughs> but imagine how much better companies would be if they actually did that. Can you imagine oh that? God. That would be amazing. I mean, how many fights would be stopped before they even got started? Right? Because that's what happens in these kinds of meetings. They turn into fights very often. Or if everybody manages to stay professional and, you know, relatively disconnected, then they show, they throw disconnected words at each other and they walk away saying, well, that's all that. And then the problem goes on. Right. <laughs> Which is kind of pointless when you think about it. <laughs> or you get the uh, situation where, uh, like what Joel was telling me about, I don't know if you ever heard Joel's story, but, um, he, of course, was doing the podcast with me up until the point that you took over. And the reason he had to leave was he had been offered a really cool opportunity. Now, Joel is not only a life coach. He's also a psychotherapist, licensed psychotherapist. Mm-hmm. And he uses LOA in his practice. Well, he had been invited by uh, a person who had who was starting a new health center, a new um, therapy center, um, right. to come in and run the center using his principles, using the methods that he used in his practice. And he thought, whoa, this sounds pretty good. And he met with the people who were going to be on the board, and they were all on board, and and there were some people there he knew. These were some pretty high-level people in the Richmond, Virginia area, Uh, some of the top medical uh, professionals, some of the the top uh, psychotherapeutic professionals. I mean, it was quite a powerful group. So, I mean, how could he resist? You know, he had to take this on. It was like, this is great, and he was going to get a part ownership of it and all that kind of thing. So it was a pretty sweet deal. On top of that, he had uh, a few months before brought a, a young man into his home, a foster kid, and he was in the process of getting ready to adopt, adopt that kid. So, I mean, his life had really you know, become very, very busy, and that's why he had to leave the show. Well, fortunately, he did come back. One of the reasons he was able to come back is it turns out that the guy who was uh, the money behind this, this new clinic that they were opening – it turns out the guy was actually a bit of a micromanager. And saying that he was a bit of a micromanager was a bit of an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) 
So literally, they would have meetings about meetings about having meetings. Oh my goodness! I mean, and, and that's not an exaggeration. Joel uh, even told us about that on the story. They would have meetings about meetings about having meetings, and Joel, whatever the you know, whatever the situation that the uh, the owner was trying to uh, to resolve, no, the, the majority owner was trying to resolve. Joel had solved the problem two weeks ago. But that didn't sit well with the owner because he hadn't gone through the process. And so the owner would call these meetings. The majority owner would call these meetings with all the top staff, and they'd all come together, and they'd do a meeting talking about the thing that had already been solved. And here are all the things we have to look at in order order to solve this thing, and then we're going to have another meeting next week to actually solve it. (laughs) Now, how does that happen if you're in alignment internally? Well, it doesn't. Yeah. It can't. Yeah. So here's a situation where a guy who was well-meaning, and he really did want to include these principles. He didn't really know how to do it, but he wanted to. Right, right. Was basically so far out of alignment with himself and was blaming everybody else for it because he had to hold all these meetings to fix all these problems that were actually in his own head. (laughs) Yes, yes. Oh, my God. So so now you know why Joel left. No, he left very quickly. He left very, very quickly. I was going to say he probably didn't stick with it. Joel doesn't uh, doesn't take a lot of time to decide things. He he's not like (laughs) me. You you know how I am. I'll I'll just you know hem and haw over something for the longest time, and I'll I'll explore every little detail of it. He just goes. He (laughs) says, "I'm done. Goodbye." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good for him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But there's just another example, And, and. I think people could provide all kinds of examples from the work world, from the corporate world especially, about all the different ways that people are out of alignment and they are trying to fix it by fixing other people because that's their mistaken belief about what it's going to take to fix it, fix situations, right? In fact, if they actually stopped and just fixed themselves, so to speak, by looking inside and getting into alignment with themselves, all these problems would go away. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Mm. Wow. <laughs> so they may be coming after us. They, they may be coming after us with the men with the white suits. What they don't realize is the white suits are actually coming for them. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That was quite a story. <laughs> yes. So it's anyway, good, but... let's, let's see what more uh, Abraham has to tell us here. It says, the vibrations within you are now out of alignment. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and when you are out of alignment, out of vibrational alignment, there is no action that will solve the problem. Uh-huh. You will not find effective actions or words or even thoughts or ideas from your place of misalignment. In fact, any of that which is attempted from your place of misalignment will only serve to make matters worse. How often does that happen? If we were standing in your physical shoes, our every effort would be pointed toward one result. We would be looking for a way, anyway, to feel better. We would do our best from where we stand to find a way of finding some sort of emotional relief about this unsettled subject because when some relief is discovered, you are on your way to alignment of energy. Mm, Yes. That is true. I mean, boy, oh, boy, that, that would eliminate like 98% of all the corporate meetings. I mean, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, but even, even if you take it to a personal level, just when you deliberately start reaching for a better thought, getting, giving yourself some relief, 
Yeah. It does feel better. It does, it does feel, feel better. better. You just have to allow yourself to do that. Like, it, it's okay to do that. And most amazingly, problems go away when you do it. Yes. That's that, that seems impossible. We're the opposite. That, that yeah, seems impossible, people, but, but that's well, what happens. Yeah. And most people will stew in it, and they'll call their friends and complain about it, and they'll call their whatever and complain about it and complain about it and complain about it, when they could have spent all that time just reaching for better thoughts and feeling so much better about it. <laughs> it's a weird, weird thing. I mean, we do that, don't we? We are experts at retelling the bad story over and over again. <laughs> oh, yeah. In fact, that's one of the things I, I used to be uh, politically active. I, I no longer am, and my political right. activation, my activism, if you will, was more in the lines of a libertarian. So I was an outsider. I mean, I was neither liberal nor conservative, neither Democrat nor Republican. So you know, I was always going to be the loser anyway, <laughs> and I made sure of it. Because I, like every other libertarian I knew, was constantly harping about how bad this thing is or how bad that thing is, how bad this government decision is or how bad that government decision is or this bad policy or that bad policy or this bad law or that bad law. And then one day I had a, a, a sort of a, a aha moment, a, an awakening, a realization. Yeah. And I tried it on myself and I knew I was onto something. So I tried it on somebody I knew who was also a libertarian. I said... I want you to tell me about a libertarian position that does not involve saying where something is wrong. Interesting. And he couldn't do it. Wow. He, when he did do it, he came out with, well, I'm in favor of reducing the role of government. I said, no, 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 that's negating. you get, you got to say what you're going right. to do positively. Oh well, I'm in favor of cutting taxes. No, 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 no. That that's that's negating. You gotta say positively what you favor, not what you're against. Well, um, I'm in favor of smaller government. No, 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 no. That's that's what you're against. What are you in favor of? <laughs> and we did this for like a half an hour, and it finally dawned on him that he had no idea what he was in favor of. <laughs> and indeed, that's true for. Almost all libertarians, not all, but almost all libertarians, particularly right. the activist variety, they can't tell you what they're in favor of. In fact, I, I remember trying this one time on a y relatively young libertarian, and he was determined to say that he was in favor of stuff. So he right. found some stuff to be in favor of, and what it amounted to was like legalizing pot, and I kind of gave him that one that was sort of positive. And I said to him, so, okay, you want to legalize pot. So let's see, how much support do you think you're going to get from the broader population for your policy by saying you want to legalize pot? And he gave me this really wild answer that didn't correspond with reality at all. <laughs> and I said, well, good luck with that. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow, I was actually stuck. And I didn't even care about it, uh, legalizing pot myself. I didn't, I didn't care one way or right. the other just wasn't important to me. But I thought to myself, that's the best that a libertarian activist can give me as an answer. He wants to legalize pot. I'm like, whoa. No wonder libertarians <laughs> don't get anywhere. Of course, it wasn't until I explored it even further that I realized it had nothing to do with being libertarian or liberal or conservative or socialist or communist or anything else. What it really had to do with was we're focusing on problems. We're focusing on problems. Right. We're focusing right. on problems. Well, guess what happens when you focus on problems? Do you get solutions? No, you get more problems. <laughs> you don't, get, you don't even, get solutions. In today's, <laughs> I know, and even in today's 
political climate. Oh, I'm yeah. Not particularly politically, politically inclined, but just from a love of attraction point of view, like 90% of what people talk about is what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. The problem, the problem, the problem. And it's just like, oh, my God, you're just making it worse. My, my favorite argument that they make, particularly the more activists among them, is they say, well, if you don't pay attention to this stuff, your head is buried in the sand. I love that argument. <laughs> I just love that one. Because my reply is, nope. Yours is the head that's buried in the sand. If you pull your head out of the sand, what you'll realize is these problems only exist because you pay attention to them. You keep focusing on them. And therefore, you keep making more and more of them happen. And that's where I get the cross side looks like, what the frig is this guy talking about? Yeah, most people won't get that. <laughs> yeah. But I enjoy it anyway. Because I have a contrary our nature. Our listeners will get that, so that's fine. <laughs> so anyway, we're on to the next section. Uh, we've got two more sections left in the chapter. I don't know if we're going to get them all done, but we'll, we'll go as far as we can in the last we seven minutes or so. We can probably get one more done, yeah. We can probably get one more. So. It says, putting your canoe in the stream. Now, this is an important concept. This is one that yeah. they talk about a lot. Imagine putting your canoe with oars already inside in a river and floating on the current. And then deliberately turning your canoe upstream and paddling with all of your strength against the flow. And as we see you in your boat paddling very hard against the current, we ask, what do you think about turning your canoe downstream and going with the current? And most return, most reply, turn downstream? Oh, well, that just seems lazy. But how long can you keep that up, we ask. I'm not sure, most answer, but it is my duty or responsibility to figure that out. And then if we were to visit long with most people, they would go on to explain, this is just what we all do here. It's what my mother did and her mother before her. Anyone who amounts to anything works diligently against the current. All trophies and monuments are erected to honor those hardworking people who stayed strong against the current. And anyway, people often remind us, there are even more rewards after we die for those who work hard like this. And as I read the story, I say to myself, we're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what it says. What it says is, we watch you getting more efficient at fighting the current, your muscles get stronger, your boats become sleeker, and you discover more effective oars. And always, we listen patiently as we hear a variety of versions of the same general theme of justification for paddling upstream. But then we always explain what we consider to be the most important thing that our physical friends could ever hear from us. Nothing that you want is upstream. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that's a big, that's big. Nothing really that you want is upstream. The reason we are so certain that nothing that you want is upstream is because we understand the stream. We have seen it in its origin, and we watch it as it increases in size and speed. We know what the current is and why it flows the way it does, and we understand where this stream will lead you if you will but allow it. Because this is the stream of life, and it was in motion before you came forth into your physical body. And from your non-physical perspective, as you set forth your intentions to be here on this planet, in this body, you added to the current of this fast-moving stream. And now... Focused in this physical body, you continue to add to the current of the stream by sifting through the data of your life and coming to personal conclusions about what you do not want, which produces the natural asking for what you do want. For with every asking, whether of great or small importance, you add to the speed of the current of the stream. Hmm. 
Whenever your life causes you to ask for something beyond what you are living, the non-physical part of you rides that rocket of desire and literally becomes the vibrational fulfillment of your request. Hmm. Every question you ask causes a formulation of an answer, and your inner being focuses upon that answer. Every problem you face causes a formulation of a solution. First time we've heard that word in a while. And your inner being not only focuses upon that solution, but also literally becomes it vibrationally. In italics, if you will allow it, this stream, this fast-moving current, will carry you downstream to the fulfillment of everything that your life has caused you to create, for it is all there for you in a sort of vibrational escrow waiting for you to flow to it. Wow. That's also another big thing to really get. It is, and... Even those who get it don't get it all the time. <laughs> I mean, we get it much of the time, but not all oh, yeah. the time. You have to remind yourself. Yeah, you have to we remind do. yourself. Like, we do. Like, oh, this this feels too upstream. Let me let me go more downstream with this. Let me make it easier. And, and how do we know whether something feels upstream or downstream? I'm asking you. That's not a rhetorical oh, yeah. question. Oh. <laughs> 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 well, you know because if something feels upstream, it feels difficult. It feels hard. It's taking you further away from what you really want, where when something feels downstream, it's like, ah, oh, it just feels easy. It feels right. It's carrying you closer to what you want. So once again, it's all about feeling. Yes. Upstream feels difficult. Downstream feels easy and right and light. Isn't that too easy? No. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, like it. I like easy explanations. The easier, I, the better. I mean, from, from the point of view of our society, that's too easy. I, to me, I, that feels like a relief to me to get that. It does. Oh, like, it does. Oh, this feels too up, like this feels too upstream. I need to make this feel more downstream. Let me see what I let me let go. Let me forget about it. Let me do something to make this more downstream. But you know what I mean. I mean, this is a very common occurrence in our society, yeah. among our culture, oh, you know, we, yeah. where we want to work upstream, and. It's hard to imagine that there's a downstream that you can just float to, and you don't even have to work. You just float to it by just allowing it. That's hard when you're well, used to being a hard worker. It is. It's kind of like what we were talking before about taking that physical action. And as I said, it's not like physical action doesn't have to be a part of do, but it's not where it makes things happen. The physical right, action but, seems to make things yeah. happen, but it doesn't actually. Right, but like I always go back to what Abraham says, is that, but when you're in alignment, vibrational alignment, usually you do get inspired to take some kind of action, which is kind of interesting. So how do you interpret that? I mean, what's the difference between taking action in that case and the not taking action from, from a moment ago? Why is it okay to take action there? Well, because in the way they're talking about in that example, if you're taking action from alignment, when you're in alignment and it feels downstream and good, then it feels good to take that kind of inspired action towards whatever it is. So the, the simplest possible explanation, which is probably good because I just realized we have about 20 seconds left, so we're about done. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but well, we, David, covered some important, we covered some important topics. We did. We did. Good. And we'll finish up the last bit of this, uh, this chapter and go on to the next one next week. So I uh, hope you do that with me. Absolutely. I can't wait. All right. And we hope that uh, you'll come back and join us as well, not only next Sunday, but also throughout the week, because that's why we do LOA Today. So please do join us next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.